at Beanstalk Coffee and Snow on an OEC Fiber Football Friday with Josh Hummer. I'm Chris Plank, and this, my friends, is Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. What's going on, Lee? How's this Friday treating you? I'm good. I'm good. Starting to think about the holidays. How about you? Yeah, same, same, same. Hey, I, I've got two two football questions for you real quick okay. before we get into your picks. Uh, today is supposed to be the day whenever we get something on Michigan. What's your feel? Do you think we learn anything today, and would that affect the way that you're kind of viewing games tomorrow at all? Oh, I mean, if they hand down the penalties today, it would certainly affect the kids. I mean, these kids are, you know, they're human. Uh, you got to think that they're talking about it. And, uh, I mean, I, I just don't know how you punish the kids. I think you got to punish the coaches, maybe punish the program in some way. But uh, I don't think you can take it away from the kids. you agree or disagree? I agree. I agree. I, I think the hardest thing in this, and we, we – have hit on it kind of spottingly obviously we have a football team that's lost two games in a row lee so the 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 sky is falling the house is on fire um but when we do i think the the hardest thing to prove is is who knew and how much of an advantage it truly gave them i think that's going to be a really hard thing to prove obviously yeah it's uh not easy but if they were doing it to the extent that they were, and they were videoing it and, you know, bringing in people to decipher what was going on, you know, I, I think that's crossing the line. It's like in baseball. If you're stealing signs, you're just watching the third base coach, and you steal a sign, great, okay. Mm-hmm. But um, to go to this extent, I think it's crossing the line, and there has to be some severe penalties. So it's a shame, you know, that we're even talking about this, but uh, – it's always going to be something, whether it's, you know, uh, kids gambling on their own games uh, or telling other students. Uh, that's the gambling aspect of it. Or, you know, trying to get some other edge. You know, I think they've also, as far as injuries, they're going to have to, if they want to get the dollars that they're getting from these, you know, these places like DraftKings, FanDuel, and the rest of them, uh, they're eventually going to have to report them like the NFL each you know, the NFL does it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They're going to have to do it at least once a week. So uh, Big Ten does it on Saturday mornings. I just think that's too late. Yeah, the, the Big Ten, I think, could serve to benefit from having a couple throughout the week and then and then the one, as you mentioned, two hours before kick. Lee, I know this isn't uh, yep. necessarily on our, our board of games, but just because uh, we know your relationship to Miami, uh, I mean, any chance? It obviously wasn't wasn't great a week ago versus North Carolina State, but uh, is there any hope for the Canes to pull spoiler over Florida State? It is a rivalry, and <laughs> the kids get up for it. And also the visiting underdog, 19-6 and six against the spread, last 25 times that's played out, that, that uh, type of setup. But Jordan Travis for FSU is really good. They've only turned the ball over five times, and I think one or two of those – were tip passes. So five times in nine games is very impressive. They're not going to beat themselves. Their defense is good. Is it great? No. But in the fourth quarter, they usually shut the door. And Tyler Van Dyke, is there's something seriously wrong with him. I don't know whether it's physically or mentally. It looked like I was even tweeting it out at halftime of their game last week against North Carolina State. He was done. He was baked. They needed mm-hmm. to take him out. They did not try a pass of longer than a slant, which is 8, 10, 12 yards. 
from the last pass of the second quarter until the last pass of the game with less than 30 seconds to go. So something is seriously wrong there. And Mario Cristobal, just no feel for the game. He might be the worst in-game coach college football in the NFL since Rich Kotai of the Jets in 1996. That is not good company to be in. Not good company. I've just got to be honest. I mean, I saw the debacle in 2018 when he didn't take a knee to have that happen again. And I mean, Mm. even the Clemson game, no one talks about this. I don't know if you realize this. They got the ball back in the Clemson game, the game that ended up going to overtime. They were tied. Their freshman quarterback had led them on two back to back, I think it was uh, touchdown and field goal drives. Gets the ball back with a minute and 20 to go on the 25, 30 yard line. Just basically ran the clock out. If they lost in overtime, they would have gone after him for that. So just no feel at all for the game. All right, Lee Sterling, let's get after it with the games you have lined up for us. You're making me rethink my Miami upset pick this weekend. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I am so intrigued by this game, Kansas yep. and Texas Tech. It's in Lawrence. You know, Kansas has been on a heater, but Tech can do the things that gives Kansas problem. They can run the football well. Small number. What do you make of the Jayhawks and the Red Raiders? They run the ball really well, but the problem is, in my opinion, they are terrible on the road. Two and fourteen straight up on the road since 2019. Six and ten against the spread in those games. Minus six in turnover ratio this year. They'll find a way to beat themselves. This Kansas team. I mean, talk about great coaching jobs. You saw it last week. Saw one of them. Unfortunately, Oklahoma State. They are on a roll. Kansas is on a roll. I mean, Jason Bean. I mean, he's turned into the guy and. Their defense is quietly under the radar getting better here. I like Kansas. If it's a trap, <laughs> uh, I'm falling for it. Kansas 38-28. Mm. Speaking of teams that run the football well, Lee, uh, Oklahoma State, UCF, both in that category. Oklahoma State favored by two. Is this the proverbial just just one bedlam trap game on the road? What do you think? It could be, but I'm not falling for it either. I mean – I think that even though R.J. Harvey is really good for Central Florida, four straight 100-yard rushing games, I think Ollie Gordon is better and a cut above Harvey. It's a defense for UCF. They have no depth at all. They had a couple key guys transfer out after last year, and defense ranked 109th in the country. Um, Oklahoma State 5-1 and one straight up and against the spread here in Big 12 play. UCF 1-5 straight up uh, against the spread. These teams from... Uh, the American AAC that ended up joining the Big 12 have not got the job done here. I don't think the bounce house is that intimidating anymore. I think Oklahoma State finds a way, 38-34. All right, Lee. Ah, that's just that's a weird, weird spread, too. Big number for Texas, though, and understandably so. TCU has been terrible. What do you make of of Texas and Quinn Ewers being back? If Ewers wasn't coming back. I would probably consider taking the points, but uh, with him back, I think it's—I think that's a huge difference. Talent-wise, they should have been up thirty to nothing at the half last mm-hmm. week. I mean, Kansas State was so outflanked as far as talent, but those kids just hang in there. They're tough. But uh, Malik Murphy—I mean, there was—he threw a couple throws that were amazing, and then. The next two or three passes, I mean, they were all over the place, not even close. And <laughs> guys' feet over their head, left or right. But uh, Quinn Ewers, if he's close to 100%, if he's even 90%, I think he's the difference here. 
TCU, they're another team that finds ways to beat themselves. I know they've owned Texas, but uh, not this Saturday. Texas here, 38-21. to 21. And that gets us to the main event in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, Palace on the prairie, primetime under the lights. Oklahoma favored by 13 over West Virginia. Sooners scuffling in. How do you see the Sooners and the Mountaineers? You said it's scuffling in. What do they have to play for? West Virginia knows they can win. They won last year 23-20, break that nine-game winning streak of Oklahoma's in the series. Three of the last four games decided by a field goal. I think Garrett Green right now, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, 427 yards rushing with eight rushing touchdowns. I think he's, I think he's even better than Will Greer was, believe it or not, at West Virginia. West, Will Greer was not a running threat. I think the green light's going on for this kid. When a quarterback, the green light goes on, Look out here. I just think that West Virginia, I mean, they should be 7-2. and two. That, that Hail Mary uh, that was put on them by Houston, they were able to overcome that. I am shocked. Great coaching job here. Uh, I, I think that uh, West Virginia is going to pull off the biggest upset of the weekend here, 34-28. It's not going to make for a fun show for me on no. Monday, Lee. All right, you've got a free play for everybody yep. involved. It's Dallas. It's a big number, and I watched every yep. snap of the Giants game last week, and they're terrible. How can Atrocious. people get a free play? But it's a 16-point <laughs> spread now. You want to get Dallas and the Giants for free? Call 800-400-9741. First five callers will get Dallas and the Giants on me. And uh, how about this? We rate our games from 10 to 50 units. First time ever we're going to release – Two 40 to 50 unit plays in one weekend. We're 62 and 20 on these games going back the last 15 years. Seven plays total, two best bet major wagers. You want to hop on board? Just one place, ParamountSports.com. ParamountSports.com. Lee, you're the man. Have a great week, buddy. Okay. You too. See you, Chris. I really, really hope he's wrong. Really, really hope he's wrong. Likewise. No offense to my guy, Lee. No offense, Mike Kiley. That'd be a lot of points to give up to West Virginia, 34-28. I would say, I would, if West Virginia scores 34 points in this game. Oklahoma's probably losing. Bad. (laughs) Or it's like 60-34. to But the thing, it's, West Virginia has been a weird team to try to, I, I, I guess I don't really consider myself someone who would scout right but at least in what i've in trying to figure out what they are i kind of feel like they've been a bit of of an amoeba right you you look at you look at their their games throughout the season it's a little bit of everything right there was the whatever that was against pitt the following week against TC, uh, Texas Tech and then TCU and they won four straight games, right? And then all of a sudden, in games where they've scored 24, 20, and 17 to win games, they put 41 on the board in Houston. They put 34 on the board against Oklahoma State. 41 against UCF. And listen, you go back and watch. Now, I know uh, BYU and UCF and Cincinnati – uh, and Houston have been terrible. They've just been terrible since coming to the Big 12. But what they did to BYU, whew. Josh, I see a lot of people picking BYU in their upset special this weekend or even in their lock. Have you seen what Big 12 teams have done to BYU in the last two weeks? 
I mean, this – I thought about it, and Toby usually gets hot in the Ref Royal Rumble about this time. But and, – and maybe being at home is the big difference because, in fairness, they are 2-0 and in Big 12 play at home, though I think they took on Texas Tech's 18th string quarterback. They have given up in the last two games 72 points has BYU and scored just 13. Yeah. That, that's the alarming part is obviously defensively, but offensively, it's, they haven't done anything. I mean, that win over Texas Tech is nice, right? And they're back home, but. Can I show you a loss at uh, TCU 44 to 11? Oh, yeah, I know, right? It's like, oh, man. I, yeah, I don't know about picking them. But again, we haven't. I, I was going through the list the other day because on Tuesday night, on Tuesday night, we were trying to figure out the biggest upset in college football. I thought we might get it last night. I thought Virginia was going to get Louisville. But Virginia maybe has it with their win over North Carolina. North Carolina's lost two games, though, this year. So that kind of minimizes that upset. Like, we haven't had a and, – and I guess even looking back on, like, A&M's wins over Alabama, I mean, we really haven't had a jaw-dropper. I guess, I mean, I hate to say this, but what? Kansas beating Oklahoma is about the closest thing that we have, right? To a jaw-dropping upset? And, I mean, maybe even to a certain degree, Oklahoma State. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks the biggest upset this year, based on where the two teams are, is how South Alabama beat Oklahoma State. Like, yeah. I have no idea how that happened. And then... I mean, I was critical of Mike Gundy because I felt like he spent two weeks trying to tell you how great South Alabama was, and they're a middle-of-the-road football team right now. Hold on. Let me make sure they didn't go on a run the last few weeks. Last I checked, they were definitely in the middle of their conference. But, yeah, here's South Alabama. They're 2-3 and in conference play, 4-5 and overall. And one of those wins is over, what, a top 15 team? It's unbelievable, Right? So I bring that up because, you know, may, maybe we're due for a maybe we're due for a shocking kind of a weekend. We haven't had it yet. And in fact, I would I would almost argue, Josh. I mean, we haven't even really been close outside of you know Sooner Nation dealing with this the last few weeks. I mean, Louisville got a scare against Virginia last night, but I mean. Rutgers played Ohio State tough for a half, then Ohio State outscored him 28-7 to in the second half. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe you could argue Missouri and Georgia, but even in that instance, that's a, that's a top 15 Missouri team. We really, like what's for the most part supposed to happen is, is kind of happen with the top 10. Again, taking Oklahoma out of the mix. Is this that weekend where some craziness starts to happen? Is this that week... It's only the third time in the history of the playoff rankings and really the, the second time in a true full season because the other time the rankings remained the same from week one to week two was 2020, and we all know that doesn't count. But, I mean, could a Kentucky get things right and shock an Alabama that's feeling themselves? I'll tell you what, Tech, if they went on the road and beat Kansas, that would be something. What if, what if Miami does get Florida State? That, that would be a big-time shock. Can, can I pose one thing, too? In, again, I've gone back to my Tuesday show a lot, guys. I love Jeff Schwartz, and if you're not following him on Twitter outside of his Raiders hate, 
Uh, he's he's he'll make you a smarter football fan. But I was talking to Jeff about this game when I was trying to figure out my upset special, and obviously he covered Jeff. Uh, he covered Mario quite extensively whenever he was at Oregon for a couple seasons, and he said, you know, Mario's good for one of these every single year. Like where they go in is like a double digit underdog or maybe a you know, five- to six-point underdog, and they beat a team, and they do it in a way where you're like, where's this been all year long? Right. Right? I mean, I just – I don't know if that's in Miami this year. Well, in Florida Based on State, what I've seen. Florida State might just be so much better. The only concern – and I agree with you 100%. Florida State might be the team that we're not talking about enough. But they are a little dinged up, right? They are a little dinged up. So maybe – maybe Miami can take advantage of that this weekend. But I'm – I'm ready for some chaos, right? I'm ready for some chaos. If TCU had any, any kind of consistency from Hoover or if Chandler Morris was healthy, I might look at that with, well, you know, let's get a break. When we come back, well, we've been talking about Oklahoma, West Virginia a lot. Thanks to Lee Sterling for joining us. Our buddy David Goodspeed's going to be here in a bit, so the place is about to get rowdy. But, on an OEC Fiber Football Friday, I can't help but think that Texas is panicking Anakin Skywalker here. And I'll explain next right here on the Home Sooner Fans. By the way, I did want to give a, a quick thank you, Josh Helmer, to our good friends at Affordable Door, right? Affordable Door Company. They've, uh, they've got you taken care of. Garage door repair, garage door installation, roller doors, sectional garage doors, automatic openers, affordable door company, all their work guaranteed, 405-233-8747. And, yes, big thank you for uh, helping us uh, give away a couple of tickets to, uh, you know, an Oklahoma men's team that we haven't talked a lot about with us being sort of in the throes of football season right now, mm-hmm. Plank, but – Hey, uh, look, I got to see it in conference play, and the Big 12 is going to be rugged as always, but they do appear to be, yes, a little more athletic. Uh, Javian McCollum, I think, is going to be a a big-time scorer for them. Yeah. So I I do think they're improved. Obviously need more information, but like what we saw in round one. All right, real quick, before uh, David Goodspeed joins us here at uh, Beanstalk Coffee and Snow on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Josh Helmer, I have a question to ask involving the Big 12 slate this weekend, specifically the Texas Longhorns. Do you get the sense that this is a panic move by Texas to bring back Quinn Ewers this quickly? I'm not, you know me. I'm a big Malik Murphy guy. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. But I think it's very, very fair to say that he was making a lot of mistakes for the Texas Longhorns. And yesterday, Sark made it official. Quinn's going to start Saturday night, and, and we're obviously as a team excited about that. He's had a great week of practice. I feel very comfortable uh, with his ability to, to operate the offense. I think he, his family, our medical team feel very good about um, where he's at health-wise. Uh, we're looking forward to having him back. I, I thought his approach to the injury um, was was very professional. He did the work needed uh, from a rehab standpoint. He stayed very engaged uh, with the team and with us offensively. 
You know, he was wearing the headset uh, in-game, on the sideline, hearing the play calls, hearing the adjustments. And so that when he really came back to practice this week, when he really practicing, it didn't feel like there was a lot of rust, you know, not only physically but mentally. I thought he got stronger as the week went on of, of really throwing the ball. And he went out the last two days, and I didn't feel like there was a throw he couldn't make. All right. A lot of crowd noise there. So Quinn Ewers is back. This is since the injury, right? This is like two weeks. This is the third week. This is the shortest kind of end of that recovery from allegedly what he had, right, which was the separated AC joint. And it's on his throwing arm. So I ask you, Josh, not as if I think TCU is some great struggle for anyone in the Big 12 this year outside of the new teams in BYU apparently, but do you, you get the sense this is a little bit of a panic move by Texas here? I, I can entertain that argument. It, it, looked like, okay. it looked like things were on cruise control for them offensively early versus Kansas State, and then Malik Murphy, boy, he started making some throws and decisions that – Gave Kansas State a, a great opportunity to win that thing outright. They probably, if uh, if they don't gamble, I think they were gonna win in overtime at some point. But uh, obviously, they they tried to win it on the fourth down play. So yeah, I I, I do think that this is Sark to some degree saying, yeah, we we got to get our number one guy back because there's a big time difference between the two. Hmm. I just I'm very excited for. Well, and maybe excited isn't the word to use here. I'm intrigued to see what Malik Murphy can be. I don't know if in the two starts and the half that he had against Houston, I don't know, Josh, if that's enough to say, oh, yeah, this dude is the future for Texas at quarterback, especially with Arch Manning still there. Right. Um, But I also, you know, there's this part of me that wonders, you know, if Oklahoma – What's the best way to frame? I'm not trying to start like an arch anon conspiracy here, but if if Oklahoma had a Malik Murphy type guy, I I still think that Jackson Arnold would be the backup this year. And maybe maybe that's me just being a little bit cocky about it. I don't know. And who knows? Maybe something happens and we end up seeing Jackson uh, at times tomorrow or in the final few games of the season and. We sound brilliant or we sound ridiculous, right? I mean, everybody was calling for Jaron Canick last year, and now people can't get him off the field fast enough in some of their uh, crazy opinions. <laughs> it's like, Yo, why isn't Canick playing? And now this year it's like, why is Canick out there? Where's Kobe McKenzie? So I, I, I don't know, I don't know, Josh, what that's going to look like whenever Jackson Allen gets his opportunity. But back to Texas, it does sound like Malik Murphy did good things, but really – Probably not enough to where if I'm Arch Manning, I'm like, I got to get out of here and go somewhere else so I can play. No, I don't think so. And you don't want to get too out over your skis one way or the other about it. But uh, there were some kind of troubling signs from him in that game. It got off to such a good start. Yeah. And then it uh, it just looked like he got a little shell-shocked out mm. there and could never really find that happy, uh, as Happy Gilmore would say, right, that happy place again. Couldn't, couldn't get back to it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Here's here's a couple of uh, quick takes, and I agree. Uh, LaDonna from Lubbock. Good to hear from LaDonna. I met LaDonna a couple weeks ago, Josh. Her and her husband are the best, man. They they pop on the ref. They listen all day. It's great. 
One good hit, she writes, and yours will be out of the game. I agree. I mean, I think this is, like, ridiculously risky for Texas. And probably, Unless, probably unnecessary. Oh, yes. Frisco Sooner. I don't ever want to see anyone get hurt, but yours injury seems to be eerily similar to the Sam Bradford situation. I agree. Bradford at least, because I think it's the same injury. I think what Sam had is the same injury that Quinn has. And so I'm trying to – that happened to Sam in the opener. So that would have been two, three, four – I mean, that was four full weeks that he had. Came back, one hit, boom. Doom, done. And this is a week less. One other quick note before we uh, grab a break, and uh, David Goodspeed patiently waiting for me. Thank you, David. On an OEC Fiber Football Friday, I brought up before the break the possibility of chaos. Chaos. Is this the weekend? 5808, my man, writes, the Josh Pate guy that does his computer model nerd stuff, he says this weekend is upset weekend. The computer has predicted chaos. Has uh, Pate State explained his computer model at all? No. So did he, I mean, who did he take it from? (laughs) I don't know. I'll have to ask him. I, I like Josh. I've worked with Josh before. But Josh is on the list because whenever I reached out to get him on during OU Texas week, he blew me off. Josh, you blow me off. We're done. It's over. So Josh Pate, Ari Wasserman, David Ubbin. David Ubbin, all right? If you listen to to us. Dead. But I will say, David Ubbin, I can't stop listening to his podcast because he sounds like Kermit the Frog who reached a midlife crisis. It's just everything is so negative, and he sounds like Kermit. It's like everything is angry. Who else? Oh, yeah, Jeff Gluck. Jeff Gluck's on the list. Everybody stinks. Everybody stinks, right? Everybody's just terrible, and it sounds like an angry Kermit the Frog. That that is a beautiful Um, thing about sports media. (laughs) You're on the list. You're on the list, all right? But – I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know what leads into it. So chaos would be something along the lines of Penn State beating Michigan, right? I mean, even though that's a top ten team, that's a little chaotic. Miami, Miami beating Florida State's chaotic. I would not categorize Penn State beating Michigan as chaotic. Okay, a it's quick in, question. It's in Happy Valley. That is mm-hmm. a top ten Penn State team. They actually played Ohio State pretty well. They just they couldn't, didn't couldn't do anything offensively. In the game, so the fact that they're going to be at home, I think, is uh, beneficial. Michigan really hasn't been altogether tested this season. Uh, now they're the two-time defending Big Ten champs, and you know went to the college football playoff a couple of years in a row. But that to me is not like say uh, Georgia losing. Right, I agree. How about Ole Miss? George? Yeah, there you go. You just said it. If Ole Miss wins, that's a little chaotic. Yes, that would be chaotic. USC somehow piecemealing it together and beating Oregon would be chaotic. Uh, you know, there, there's some other things out there that could happen that would be pretty surprising. Utah over Washington to some degree on the road, I think, would be a little chaotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that would be. What What about, let's see, where did you say, yeah, Utah, Washington. What if USC beats Oregon on Saturday night? That, that yes, would be chaotic, no doubt. But possible. All right, we got a break. David Goodspeed is waiting. He's a, he is a busy man, and it's an OEC Fiber Football Friday. we got to talk about what's going on at OEC next on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're on the road at Beanstalk Coffee and Snow, and a man who doesn't really need coffee, David Goodspeed, on an OEC Fiber Football Friday joins us. I live on uh, five-hour energy. And, is that what you use? And donuts with sprinkles. 
and uh, puppies. Have you, you know. puppies, right? Yeah. Have yeah. you um have you tried the Prime Energy? There's, there's like two different Prime Energy drinks, right? Like Beyond Prime, not Dion no, Prime. Okay. <laughs> there. So I was I was talking about this the other day um, with a friend of mine, Tangela, because I know the Prime. That's one of the uh, boxing brothers. I can't think of their name. Uh, Jake Paul, Logan Paul. They oh got yeah, the yeah, Prime Logan Energy Paul. Yeah, drink, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've and then there's that, another yeah. like Prime Energy drink that's actually like good for you. Have you tr- I don't of, think any of these are good what? for you. <laughs> somebody tried to tell good somebody, my coach the other day at, at Orange Theory, I'd, every morning I get up at 5.12. Uh-huh. It's a routine, right? Hit the five-hour, I'm in the gym, and he's like, you need to get one of those tweakers. And I was like, what? what? He's like, it's healthy. I was like, there's nothing healthy about any of this junk we put in our bodies. <laughs> I mean, nothing against – yeah, we, we're not intended as humans to drink things out of plastic. <laughs> bottles. <laughs> bottles that you twist off and, you know, slam it. And everybody's like, how can you drink that? I said, I don't drink it. I just let it hit my throat, and I just – you know, it's like Pepto. It's, it's like Pepto. It's like Pepto. That's why you need to come to Beanstalk Coffee right. and you Snow, gotta, where they take care a, of you, right? have a chaser i bet i told the team i was coming over here and they're all like give me a tiger blood and i bet if i put put a five hour in the ball in the tiger blood there you go there you go adrian you're welcome you're creating there you there you go you're welcome i didn't know they had a second location yeah and i guess they're gonna have a third really the the move to main street oklahomans know how to go get fine things and take it Okay. And they are taking it on to a new location. But this is this is a cool little story for, you know, Norman. Adrian's been, been around since great dude. I think he owes a dollar to God, he's so old now. <laughs> but uh, but he's but he's a great dude. And just see this success that he's had with all the other stuff that he's done and everything, it's been it's been phenomenal. But is, yeah, this is a neat little place. Is this a new area for you guys or have you been here? Uh no, it's we've been out here for a little while. About a couple of about a couple of years, but okay. we're still it, let's see which way we face. If you go back north, we just opened up a new zone out there by the rec center in that neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of we're kind of sprawling out. Yeah, we're sprawling out now. It's been a I, week. I, it's always funny, uh, it, and it's a credit to you oh. and the job that you've done. Oh. But I, I always find it interesting any time that I'll, I'll bump into people. And I live, you and I live in the same area. Uh-huh. Uh, it's everyone has had so much frustration with other internet providers yeah. that you guys are just crushing it yeah. beyond, just the, beyond just the city. I mean, we're in, we're in the, the main part of the city, but in the rural area. Yeah, yeah we're, we're all over the place. And, we, you know, when, before we came on, you know, you're asking me how the weeks, how I've been doing or whatever, right? right? And uh, thought it was a rough couple of weeks for OU football. Right. Right. It, it was, it's been a pretty rough week for us. And I, I'll just, just be honest with everybody. If you're listening, I'm just going to kind of tell you the truth is that, you know, the way we do it with no contracts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no data caps. I mean, you, you, you want to consume all the data you want and just hook up everything under the sun. And you, you're more than welcome to do that. We have noticed that we have started to upgrade all of our services the network, basically, mm-hmm. that powers everything, we're upgrading it to 100 gigs, which is just insane. That's we talked about this like six, seven years ago, thinking, did we need to build it that way on a 100 gig system? And we decided not to. And so we've been going around doing upgrades. And this week, it's been rough. And if you're listening and you're no EC Fiber subscriber, I apologize. Because we've been trying to upgrade it. And we've had some problems. Some people went offline. And I had one subscriber who was off for 30 minutes. And... I've never seen anybody so mad in my life. And I said, hey, you know what? That's a testament to what we do because right. we are up all the time. I mean, you, know, you think about you know your situation at your house. You just never have a problem, right? right. And I've been lucky. So it's like power, right. right? So when you learn, you know, it's like we all know, or most of us know, that i got a basset hound. And if he <laughs> gets out of line, I just can go put him back in a pack of you know, basset hounds, and he'll get, he'll get back in there. But when you follow OEC on the electric side and the 85-plus years of how they've done the electric service and providing that. And when you turn on the lights, it's just natural. 
And so they've done such a phenomenal job to cho- show us the way that on the fiber side, that's why we chose the name OEC Fiber is that we you know, got to be just as good or better than what they do on the electric side. And when we, when we fail, we fail. And I apologize. It's been a rough week, but we've got some plans in place. We're going to take the... We're going to take the day off of trying to do some things and, and regroup over the weekend. We're going to work through the weekend a little bit and um, then come in on Monday and get this thing going because tis the season. Right. right. Tis, well, tis the season. But, but here, here's what I would say. Here's what I would say before we get to football. Yeah, we got to get to that. When, you, when you're talking about a struggle, mm-hmm. you're not making excuses. No. You're basically no. saying, listen, we're working on fixing it yeah. and making it better. Now, yeah. I'm... I've never had an internet outage in my yeah. home. I've never had an issue. We no. lost power one time, and somehow our internet still worked. Still worked. But for OEC Fiber to be as good as it can be to many as many people as possible, yeah. there's upgrades that you're talking about that has to take place. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and that's, you know, you, you mentioned that, is that how did you lose power and, and you kept your internet? Well, the way we've designed it and built it is that we get the power from the substation right there. Mm-hmm. But if we lose that substation for whatever reason, we have a backup generator, we have backup batteries, that we can probably go 8 to 10 hours before we, we start getting a little nervous. And so we've just done all these things, but but when you're dealing with, 37,000 subscribers and trying to do it at a time, you know, at three o'clock in the morning and we say we'll be done by six. And when you're not done at six and you run into some problems, it, it happens, right? This is uh, if it was easy, everybody would call it being a radio host. That's right. Right. The easiest right? job on I the mean, planet I, right easiest here. Easiest job on the planet. You can talk <laughs> and write at the same That's time. That's right. While your I, boss, I'm playing on my phone. While your boss is sitting next to me. Um, what would you make of your last trip to Stillwater? We've got a 30-second delay or 45-second delay. <laughs> Those fans I think it's are, eight. I'll just say it, man. That, that's, I, you know, I've been there where I've been on that end where I was excited that we won the game. Mm-hmm. But, 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 man. It's that, a, I think I it's a generational even, I, I, thing. It is a very generational thing. I very think the, generational. The, the, uh, the fans, I'm 48-ish. I think the mm-hmm. fans that are near my age, right, that graduated yeah. from college in the late yeah. 90s, early 2000s, they – Day and hey, we won the game. I'm so yeah. happy we won. Yeah, that younger generation, it becomes f you, David Goodspeed. Yes, you, beat you. Yeah. you take that. You suck. You get. Yeah. I ordered. Yeah. A, how do you get a no? You graduate off your porch. Yeah. You pay for the pizza. Get <laughs> yeah, off my exactly. porch. You know all the exactly. <laughs> and we're just as bad. I, 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 I agree. But but here's the deal: is I told Jenny, you know, we were out there in the stands, and then, mm-hmm. and then when it what was it like eight minutes to go, and we had the fumble. Yeah, and they kicked the field goal, and I said to her, I was like, hey. You want to catch us in the car, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was like, "No, no, no, we're gonna stay." And so we stayed, and um, it, 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 and the fans were excited. I get it, and they weren't, you know, doing anything belligerent to us. But I told her, I said, "I walk faster than you. You better keep up. <laughs> I will pin my location. I will do whatever I got to do. I got to get the H E double L out of here as fast as I can." But you know, it, it's the the last couple of weeks have been rough, and mm-hmm. I think this is my point of view. Go ahead from from a fan in the stands. That may be a podcast, but um, <laughs> fan in the stands is that we, you know, Gabriel is really good. We need great. Right. We don't have the punishing running back like we used to have with Kennedy Brooks or like an Adrian Peterson or, you know, we just don't have anybody that, who's that? Samaj P. Ryan. P. Ryan, that, that kid from Washington when they went and beat, uh, what's that team out west? Um, USC? No. Yeah, yeah, I think it's what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that, what's his name? Lawrence, I think that's the running back. He was just punishing those dudes, mm-hmm. and we just we we're 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 so close. And so, even though we've Uh-oh. lost the two games, I always said I always said this year I was like, hey, it, I think we would lose two games. One we were supposed to, and one we shouldn't. 
Now, I don't know what Kansas and Oklahoma State, how that falls into it. Maybe these are two that we just shouldn't. Right. I missed my, you know, my, my fan from the Stands podcast just failed miserably. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, this West Virginia game, I'm not going to lie, it makes me a little nervous. But it's at home. It's a mm-hmm. night game. The fans will be up for it. Um, you know, you'll, you'll get that younger, younger crowd, you know, with the, with the uniform change and all that stuff. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to all of this. It seems like, it seems like there's been a lot of having to respond to things. Well, basically every player is having someone tweet at them, fire Jeff Levy, right? Yeah. Or, or, or why I mean, do you suck? You know? Right. But then they're saying, He's awesome. Right, exactly. But Two we, weeks we are, ago. We can be some of the worst fans, too, right? No, absolutely. Let's, let's be honest, because we're, we're out here, had the had a very poor season last year. Mm-hmm. Go out there and beat Texas, and then we, we tank, too. But, but Kansas is not Kansas from 10 years ago. There's people that still, though, consider them like Vanderbilt. Like, they don't understand what they've done the last – and that's fine. It's fine. By the way, I didn't realize this. Dylan Johnson, the running back you're talking about from Washington. Johnson, yeah, yeah. 256 yards that's last week. That's what I'm 9.8 yards per carry. That's what I'm saying. Amazing what happens. I mean, Pac-12 after dark, you can watch some things. You can learn some things. Hey, before before you get out of here, uh, I want to remind everyone, uh, OECFiber.com, you can yep. learn more. You can find out if it's in your area. Yep. If it's not in your area, you can kind of make a request. Hey, yeah. what, where's yeah. it come? What's going on? Yep. Kudos to one of your coworkers. Oh. Shouts out to Emily Barron. Emily Barron. Added a new uh, member to the family this week. Yes. The intern. She used to work with uh, Teddy yes. and Tyler back in the day. Yeah, yeah. She is a avid listener. I don't think she understands who Van Halen is, or what was that? What was that music? Metro Station. Metro Station was playing. We, we got to talk. About Miley that. Cyrus's yeah, yeah. brother. He's like, hey, do you know who the lead singer is? Metro yeah. Station. I was like, bro, if the men look like women, yeah, shake I'm it all off. in on that. Shake, 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 shake it. Yeah, dude. Sh- Metro like Station. shake me from Cinderella. Not like, not like that. Shake okay, me. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, they they were the Lloyd Noble man. They opened up for uh, uh, David Lee Roth. Did they? When David Lee Roth was going solo, when he went solo. Yeah. Okay. Side Van Halen conversation here, real quick. Let's do it. I was I paid for this. I was listening. That's right. That's right. And I paid for another hour too. You got way. another hour? We, no, not today. Oh, we'll we'll warn the listeners so they can find other things to do. But no, but no, we were happy to donate at uh, Celebrity Scene for uh, United Way. Oh, so very cool. We're going to do another hour again because it was go. so much fun. But anyway, Side Van Halen. Um, I was listening to David Lee Roth do an old interview. Mm-hmm. There was like this old interview, and mm-hmm. I think it was like on Stern or something yeah. that, that I caught. I never realized his beef was never with Eddie and the guys. It was always with Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Like, they had, le- they still have legit they, heat le- to this legitimate day. Legitimate heat to this day. Huh. You know, they did a tour together in 2004, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, it escapes me, but it's called the Sam and Dave Tour. And, you know, Sammy's like, I want to hang out, drink tequila, and mm-hmm. party. And blah, blah. They just didn't and mesh. Dave, Dave's like, I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> he looks like Ronald McDonald. I've got a picture of him wearing Crocs on stage. If you're a Sammy Hagar fan, your man wears Crocs on yeah. stage. Yeah, I just, I never knew. I never knew that. Yeah. So I learned something. Yeah, my guys week. wears chaps that don't have back ends. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, they, they just absolutely just despise each other. And so there was so much turmoil in the band always, even, you know, it was the, that's what made him so great is that Eddie and Dave never really got along. Right. You know, Eddie would say, well, if Dave showed up, you know, he walked on the stage. We, we knew we were showing, you know, we had a show. Alex was the driving force of the band. And then you had Michael Anthony who just, who just kept it solid. Um, but then. Had the craziness of the lead singer. Yeah. It was the LSD disease, man. <laughs> lead singer disease, man. That's what, it, that's what they call it, man. And, and Roth carries that flag. You're the man. Thanks, David. We Thank appreciate you so you being much, out man. Here. And I will see you. See you soon. See you next week, right? No, next week. No, BYU. no we're on the road at BYU next. On the week. road. BYU. One, you want to know.
funny BYU story when I worked for Apple. I was driving through uh, through Salt Lake City, and uh, somebody was hauling a casket in the back of a pickup, had it strapped down, and I thought, man. That's why I, I gave it the, you know, like a like a dump truck, you know, it's like 200 <laughs> right? feet. I gave it like 250. It's like, cause I, cause my driving, I don't want that thing. I don't my want driving, that. My wife complains about my what I just bought in my driving. So, uh, yeah, I was like, man, I need to back, back off. off back off. Back off. So good luck in BYU, everybody. Thanks, man. Have That's fun, man. David Goodspeed, OACFiber.com. Good we'll wrap up Hour 2 next on The Ref. All right, final segment of Hour 2 <laughs> with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. <laughs> Suter Gundy cracked me up from the 918. Kansas isn't the same Kansas as 10 years ago, but Levy ran it three times in a row when they needed a first down to help seal the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I even brought that up, Josh. It's like every every so often I forget that for, for many of these wounds still haven't healed, even though it was two weeks ago, so um, I'm sorry. Two weeks is nothing in football time. Uh, and then here's the counter to that. Here's the counter to it. I thought this was really good. A little bit longer, but uh, re- really good. Because I do think there is a point where you kind of have to realize that it's, it's it's not as bad as we're making it seem. Can we just stop with the fire levy posts, writes the 918? First, BV isn't going to make any decisions based on social media posts. Second, changing coordinators right now would seriously be a setback. New offense again. Third, the style of offense OU runs is similar to most in college football. Spread the field and run pass option. Fourth, most of the play calls are option based on defensive alignments or adjustments. Keyword is option. Players make bad reads. That doesn't make it a bad play call. Fifth, I've rewatched every game this year multiple times. Levy calls different games with different game plans from week to week. Do I think he's great? Probably not. Do I think he's a good offensive mind? Yes. We'll be fine. Keep in mind, last year, everyone wanted to fire Ted Roof. Recruiting in Portal doesn't react well to coaching changes. Well, it's a, it, again, it's a two-year deal that I think all the assistants had, right? So we'll, we'll find out sooner rather than later. I think OU's going to play well tomorrow. I really do. But we'll talk more about it next right here on The Ref.